It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. You are listening to Everyone Talks to Liz, but you know that because you love this podcast. I'm so happy so many of you each and every week tune in to hear these inspirational and aspirational stories. God, I got a good one for you today. What if I told you you could make some real money and get a lot of glory just by putting on a pair of gloves? Oh, by the way, there's a catch. Once you don these gloves... You'll get punched, your nose might get broken, you'll be flipped upside down and basically pummeled because the gloves are boxing gloves. You know, there are a lot of people who are just dying to do that. They want to step into the boxing ring, hear the crowd cheer, and hopefully experience what can be very sweet victory. My guest today chose that very path, but what makes this story incredibly unique is that my guest is a woman and she pursued an incredibly successful boxing career despite the danger of injury, but perhaps just as importantly, despite the disappointment and disapproval of her own father. I am dying to hear this story, so let's step into the boxing ring with the professional boxing legend who has held the WBC, WIBA, and the IBA female super middleweight titles, Layla Ali, daughter of the greatest boxer of the 20th century, Muhammad Ali. Layla, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Thank you so much. Thanks for that. That that introduction was even fun for me to listen to. I was getting all excited. (laughs) My heart started racing (laughs) because I'm this kind of person who I get a paper cut, Layla, and I'm like crying. Okay, so I I need to hear (laughs) how you did this. It's unbelievable. Well, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a crazy sport. It's a crazy thing for anybody to want to do. And it definitely, I feel, was in my blood, in my DNA mm-hmm. um, for me to want to do it and to be able to do it in the first place. But I have nine. There's nine, nine children. And I'm the only um, one of my dad's children who followed him into the ring. So I guess it, it isn't for everybody. No, it <laughs> isn't. But what what is so amazing here is that your story is multi-layered. I mean, it's testament to true strength and resilience and, and the power, but also the challenge of legacy. But uh, I mean, you did something right. You retired undefeated. Yes, yes, I did. And you know what? There, there is, like you started to mention, there's a lot of different layers mm-hmm. um, to my story. Um, you know, I am undefeated. I didn't get pummeled. I heard your, I heard your opening. Like, you know, you can beat up, you get pummeled, you get your bros open. All those things that absolutely, absolutely happen. But, you know, thank God they didn't happen to me. <laughs> I can't say the same for my opponent. But, um, you know, but it definitely was a possibility and I wanted to do it anyway. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by, you know, what inspires someone to want to become a boxer, especially a woman. But before you ever thought mm-hmm. about boxing and here come, here come the layers, the early layers. Mm-hmm. You thought about business. I mean, how old mm-hmm. were you when the idea of making money first entered your mind? And we're talking money not related to boxing. Yeah, probably um, 11 years old. Um, and, and the thing about it is the reason we all have our different reasons for wanting money, sure. right? What, we, what our plan is for money, because money gives you power. Money gives you freedom, right? And gives you choices to do other things. So for me, I had a really dysfunctional childhood, absolutely. I mean, growing up, you know, that's when I wrote my first, my first book, Reach, just um, because, you know, I lived with my mom 
And I wanted to get out the house. I just had these dreams of just getting out, getting on my own. I always wanted to be independent. And I understood that I would need to make money. So yeah, the first time was when I was 11 years old. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make some flyers and start a cleaning business with my 11 year old mind. I was like, I'm just going to pass them out to the neighbors, you know? And I remember, I remember the first time somebody actually called me and hired me to come clean. I came with my little cleaning solution and I'm, I'm sure that the man opened the door and was like, okay, this is a kid. You know, he just didn't want to make me feel bad. So I remember he was like, yeah, just come in. And, but he actually let me in the house, which is strange, but he, he let me in and was like, just wipe down the counters. And he gave me 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, but I didn't really get, I didn't really get too many calls after that. I probably had typos in my flyer and all that so but that was the that was the first time and then my first real job was actually at mcdonald's i was about 15 at the time and you know it was anytime you have to be to work on time you know it, it taught me character it taught me discipline it didn't matter to me that it was mcdonald's per se sure um but just being able to earn a check you know it it was it was great but i mean of course i can't remember all the details but it wasn't fun it absolutely isn't fun. You know, people, customers don't treat you nice. Mm -hmm. You know, the customers didn't know who my father was. Of course, I'm sure the manager and the team probably treated me nicely, you know. Um, so I'm, I didn't probably get the full on experience, but I had to come to work just like anybody else and do the job. So, but it was so long ago, um, but it's something that I'm happy that I did. I mean, every experience that I've had, it might've been not have been fun at the time, but it taught me something, you mm. know, along the way. So I'm grateful for that. <laughs> I'm a little surprised because by then your dad was hugely famous. And I guess you could say you didn't have to work, but this is this is really important. The work ethic was within you. It was sort of a cellular part of your body and your mind and your your soul. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm I'm someone who doesn't like to depend on others for certain things. I don't want to have to ask for everything. And I like the feeling of earning my own. You know, I was very intrigued and I'm a little obsessed with being independent, like I had mentioned. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to make my own money. You know, I'm not going to have to ask. And I never wanted to, I remember growing up just really having this sense of wanting to be my own person. I used to hate for people to find out who my father was, you know, um, I'm talking about friends at school, you sure. know, then you no longer can trust people for liking you for you. You know, some people treat you nicer. Some people treat you worse. You know, some people want to want to leave an impression. Oh, she, certain teachers gave me a hard time. Oh, I'm not going to let her do these things just because mm -hmm. she's Muhammad's daughter. And, you know, so I had all these different experiences growing up. Layla Ali worked at McDonald's and you you got that taste of action reaction. You work, you get money, and and that almost exactly. it I, it really felt to me hearing your story that that inspired you to then get a real skill and start an actual oh, yeah. business manicure salon. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, the the, the you know I still wanted to move out of the house. Um, you know, living with my mom, and I thought you know I want to get my own apartment. I want to pay my own rent. How can I do that? And you know, I was like, I'm going to go to cosmetology school. Well, cosmetology school, where you learn all hair, makeup, everything, mm -hmm. facials, you know, that's 1600 hours. So I was like, you know, I can go for manicuring is only 600 hours. So I, after school, I took the city bus um, after school all the way across town to a not so good neighborhood and um, started going. I, I talked my mom into it. I said, I'll sign myself up. I'll, you know, do do it all because um, my mom was kind of busy doing her own thing, and that was part of the story of where what led me to wanting to be sure. independent and move out the house. And um, I started going to beauty school, got my license at a certain point, you know, 
um, and opened Layla's nail studio and, and, you know, I had a full clientele. I've always was very, really want to do a great job too. So I had a luxury nail salon, right? It was like an upscale, um, service that I was providing as a way that I was promoting my business. And, you know, I, 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 I was really, really good at it. Um, and that's pretty much how I am. Like I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I want to do anything that I do really well. You know, I don't care if I was a janitor, I would want to be the best janitor. And that's something that my father is the same way. Um, you know, it's just about taking pride in what you do. And um, that's me all the way, always has been. Wow. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we're going to be right back. I know a lot of you have had this experience because for those of us who in 2020 were all sent home and we were stuck in a lockdown during the pandemic, we had a lot of time on our hands. And I saw an ad for Masterclass and I thought, I want to better myself. I want access to all of these brilliant people who teach you things. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with more than 200 plus of the world's best and smartest. For just under 10 bucks a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And I don't care, you can wake up one morning and say, I want to learn about business. And then another where you say, I want to learn how to survive in the wild if I have no water and no fire to make me warm. You can access Masterclass on your phone, on your computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. And the classes totally make a difference. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. And so you go from, oh, let me do these fancy nails to let me put on boxing gloves and, I don't know, break (laughs) my nails. You have to tell me at what point it enters your cortex that you actually wanted to become a boxer. So growing up, I always had an attitude about myself. I always... I'm, all, I'm a big girl, you know, I'm 5'11", I'm, I'm physically big, I have big hands, I got big bones, you know, I weigh 190 pounds right now, right, but you would never think it. So I've always been strong and intrigued with that. And of course, just being Muhammad Ali's daughter, people thought, okay, she, she, I'm wearing name brand clothes, you know, she's a pretty girl, then there'd be those, those ones that were jealous and, you know, would kind of pick a fight with you. And I never backed down. Like, I actually, <laughs> like, was I... I have no problem with confrontation, like even now, obviously not necessarily fights, but you know, some people get really uncomfortable with friction and confrontation. I don't. So I, I got in a little trouble growing up, you know, and that's another thing that I wrote about. Um, I got in a lot of trouble actually growing up. So when I went to a friend's house one evening to answer your question, to watch a Mike Tyson's fight, Mike Tyson's fight, I had, by this time, me back up. I had moved out the house by the time I was 18. That's okay. planned. I was paying my own rent. I was paying my own car. I had to have my business. I was going to city college full time. And I had plans to transfer um, to SC, you know, these open a chain of salons. You're so in then, California, right, at this point? Yeah, I'm in California. Yep. And I went to a friend's house one evening to watch a Mike Tyson fight. And all of a sudden, these women come into the ring on the undercard. And I didn't even know women's boxing existed. So when I saw these women, I'm like, <gasps> Oh, my God. I was just so excited. A lot of people saw women's boxing for the first time because Christy Martin is who was fighting. and She was on Mike Tyson's undercard as the co-main event. 
So that was big for her, right? To have that platform. So people weren't necessarily turning on the TV to watch her, but they saw her and that that's what happened. So they got in the ring and started brawling and it got bloody and it was so exciting. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. You know, most people were just like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm like, I want to do it, you know? So, and I knew I had this fight in me, right? Um, and I'm obviously Muhammad Ali's daughter. And I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. I, I, I just never thought that that was a possibility for me. So I went home dreaming about becoming a fighter and didn't have the first idea of what it would take. I wasn't an athlete. I didn't participate in sports. I mean, it took me a year to actually go to the gym because I was like, but what about all this time I've been planning to go? Because I was a planner. I planned to go to you know school and open my chain of salons. And this is what I said I was going to do. And I was worried about what everyone would think. Will my dad think? I don't even, I'm not even an athlete. I don't know what it would take. And then the biggest thing was that I didn't want to live my life publicly. I knew that for a fact. I was like, I don't want to be famous like my dad. I don't want to have people on me everywhere I go and I'd be under a microscope. So that was an inner conflict. You know, like if I become a boxer, people are going to, this is going to be a big deal. Like I was very realistic, right? Even at that young age. And I was like, this would be a lot of pressure. So it took me a year to actually go to a boxing gym and say, you know what? I'm going to see if I have what it takes. That's what mm. I'm going to do first. I'm just going to go find a trainer. I'm not going to tell them what I'm what I want to do. I'm just going to feel it out because I knew that I first had to sell myself on it and be like, can you do this? Do you really want to do this? Because nobody's going to support you. I already knew nobody's going to want to support me on this. So for me to, I, but I was who I was. Like once I believe in me, I don't really care about anyone else. Good. But I had to make sure I Good. thought I could do it. So I started training in secrecy. Like I trained for about three months before I told my trainer that I was actually thinking about boxing. And he, I said, do you think I have what it takes? And he's like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, little did I know at the time, he was going to say, yeah, regardless of he was trying to cash in on me, right? <laughs> I, I had like a, tra I did not have the right trainer. I did not have a top trainer. I literally, people have this vision that my dad probably held my hand. I was like, give my daughter the best of everything. No, I did this all on my own. I went into the gym. And then six months into it, I had fell all the way in love with boxing. I, my body had transformed because I was literally going every night after school and work six days a week consistently. I was there and I, I, no one had to push me. I pushed myself. I loved it. And that's when my dad found out because it got around like Muhammad's wow. daughters in the gym, like mm, looks a little more serious than just trying to lose weight. Like I told everybody, right. um, because I was sparring at this point, I had dropped a guy in the gym that gets around fast <laughs> when you drop a man, like, you know, <laughs> knock down a man in the gym. So it was like, um, I think this girl's trying to do something. So my dad comes in town and that's when we had the talk, you know, he said, I'll never forget it. Cause he said, you know, I hear you're boxing. And I was like, yeah, dad, I am. Now, let me stop right there and tell you, I'm the one that is most like my dad. So my dad and I bump heads. We used to bump heads. Oh, most. yeah. Because um, I was the one that was like, at eight years old, dad, I don't want to be Muslim. And, you know, you know, if you know, anyone knows the story of Muhammad Ali and the stand he took for his religion and, yes. you know, all of this to have his young daughter come tell him, I don't want to be what you are. And he's like, you don't know what you want. You're just a kid. And I was like, I know what's in my heart. And he knew right then, okay, this one's going to be, <laughs> you know, what can a he challenge. Say? Like, I was so <laughs> Yeah. So I never was Muslim. Um, he didn't like that. Then, it, then when I got in trouble, of course, it was just like, oh, it's because you're not Muslim. And oh, when I moved in with a boyfriend, oh, it's because you're not, you know, so I never did anything he wanted me to do. And I was not unapologetic. So now here I am coming and saying I'm going to become a fighter. Which is the antithesis to... for people who don't yeah. really know the religion of what Muslims want. They do not want women out there exposed. Ex exactly. Boxing. I mean, of all things. Right. 
Oh yeah, he's like you're gonna yeah he's like you're gonna get in the ring and be jumping around with a sports bra on. I mean <laughs> we have had those conversations. So then, um, but but the first thing was, what if do you know how much pressure is going to be on you? Yeah, Dad, I've thought about this, and you know, but of course you got your 18 year old daughter. Like she thinks she knows, but she doesn't know. I mean, I have kids now, so I know these conversations. And he's like, well, you know, there's going to be a light on you, and there's gonna be people cheering and crowd. And what if you get knocked down? I'm like, well, I'm gonna do what you did, Dad. I'm gonna get back up. So he's huffing and puffing, and he finally ah. said what was really on his mind. And he said, you know what? It's not for you. It's not for women. It's not a woman's sport. It's too hard. It's a man's sport. I don't want you to do it. And I just said, well, Dad, I respect your opinion. Like, you know, this is like the third big conversation we've had like this now. And I'm like, you know, the religion, the boyfriend, moving in with the boyfriend, and now this. So I said, you know, I I respect your um your, what you what you think, but I've already made my decision. So I said, you're either gonna you know, um, come support me or you're not. I'm going to do it regardless. So that's kind of how we left it. And my dad publicly did support me because he knew he needed to do that, but he did not like it at all. And mm. he would be happy if I was to retire. But I always want to make sure that I say he did come back to me when I won probably my first title, I think. And he came after, you know, came to a fight and after the fight, he came and said, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, God, what now? You know, <laughs> and then he says, you know, I, I, I know it was like that serious look we get. He says, you know, I'm sorry I was wrong. You can fight. Women can fight. And, and, and I'm proud of you. You know, we both cried and embraced because I had told myself, I don't care what he thinks. And, you know, all this stuff you have to I put on my armor, you know, went out there and was telling myself I didn't care. But I really did care, not only because. He's my dad, sure. um, but because he's the greatest of all time. And, and as a fighter, you know, I'm the only one out of all of us, uh, us kids that has that connection with him where we know what it's like to be in the ring and to go through what a fighter goes through mentally. I'm going to have that connection with my dad and for him to respect what he sees me doing. He may not like it, but to be able to say, wow, you know, he's like, you move like me, you jab like me. You know, I can see me in you, you know, and, and we just are crying and hugging. So, yeah, so that was an amazing feeling. Um, and that, that's the story. That's the boxing story. So, <laughs> uh, well, not entirely, because I need to know what it was like the first time you entered the ring for fight number one. Well, that was um, an amazing uh, just you can imagine the adrenaline after all this training. Now, mind you, I got past my dad and him telling me I could not box. Now, mind you, I'm 18 years old doing something I've never done. I never was an athlete, living on my own, going to the gym. And the greatest of all time, who happened to be my dad, told me not to do it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for a woman. You have to imagine how much, how much resilience and strength and confidence that takes in yourself for me to go forward with this anyway, right? So I was dead set on proving him wrong, proving everybody wrong, proving it to myself. You know, I really was able to compartmentalize all of this into that one moment. And I felt like, you know, I had to be fighting for something bigger than me and I had something in me. You know, I couldn't have told you exactly what it was at that time, but just all this anger that I had that, that I saw my you know my mom going through and just other women, just anything in this world that made me mad, well, you yeah. know? And um, and you think about, I, Layla, you really think about the pressure that was on you when you entered the ring for that first fight. I would absolutely. imagine suddenly way more press is in there than just oh. the boxing press because oh, yeah. you're Muhammad's daughter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There was 80 different, 80 
different media outlets. God. Okay, I fought off television because obviously, mind you, I had no amateur backgrounds. My first fight ever. And normally with a pro athlete, whether it be a football player, a basketball player, a boxer, they've been training for years. Nobody's watching them. People have been watching me from day one. But see, I didn't know any different. So I wasn't like, oh, my God, so many people are watching me. I was like, whatever, I'm about to show them. That was my attitude. They, I hope they're watching. So I, I went in the ring and my dad was there and I heard the chant. You know, that was that was what I wasn't expecting. Right. I, I expected and I do this in life now. And so much I learned from boxing, I apply to my life now. I think about what it's going to be like and what it's going to feel like and what's going to happen. So when it happens in the moment, I'm not like shocked by it. Mm-hmm. So, but what I could never have imagined and what it was going to feel like is just hearing that chant, Ali, 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 right? Oh. And um, that energy that it gave me. And then they were chanting for my dad coming into the <laughs> arena. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. But then when I came out, they did it again, Ali, Ali. And then I got into that ring ready to go to war and the fight was over in 54 seconds. Like I, I knocked the girl out and I was mad. Like I was mad. Like I was like, that's, that's it? it. I'm like all that training. But I was in there with a girl that couldn't have possibly beat me. Cause I didn't know my, my um, handlers at the time were like, okay, this is her first fight. We don't care what she says. We know how many people are watching. She needs to get in there and just get in there and see what it feels. Cause some people freeze up, you know? Yeah. And this is my first fight. They didn't know what I was going to do. So I fought a girl who was, um, Oh, and one, she had one fight, one loss, and I had no fights. And I mean, I got in there and I I didn't know if that's what I was going to be facing. So for me, I was really upset. Um, but then, of course, I shook it off and I was like, OK, I'm happy I got through my first fight. But I just remember feeling like, OK, I always wanted the knockout. Like for me, I didn't want to go the distance. I didn't like the idea of judges deciding whether you win or not. I was like, I want to be able to stop the fight you know, myself and be in control of that. So. But yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. It just happened so fast. That's all. <laughs> the training, the thing about boxing is the training is what's really hard. I mean, for me anyway, I know every fighter will, is different, but for most fighters, the training is the hardest part because for a sustained period of time, like I might be training for eight weeks for a fight and, and boxing and running and doing everything. So you're getting beat. And I only spar with men. So I'm getting beat up in the gym. So when I get to the, the fight and you take that rest right up before the fight, I'm, re- I'm renewed. I'm refreshed. And the fight is easy. You know, it's the training that mm. really is hard. Yeah. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we're going to be right back. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. 
So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Do you think that because you sparred only with men that that made a really important difference? So most, a lot, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of women spar with men. Okay. I sparred with only men only because of my size. It's really hard to find women who are 5'11". I was, I fought at 168. So even at my leanest best, I was still that one, you know, finding women between 160, 170 isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Then you got to, then there's an the athleticism and the experience. I might find one, but she doesn't, can't fight. It doesn't help me to get in there with someone who, who's not going to challenge me. Sure. So, and then I'm, and I'm physically strong. I punch hard. So um, that wears people down. So you, you, I need a man who can take it. A man can take a lot more than a woman. So I'm not going to wear a man down, but a man can wear me down. So they have to take it a little easy on you, but I can fight. I can get in there and spar with a guy that's 145. He doesn't need to be 160. And then it balances out. I'm not going to get in there with a guy in my weight because he's too strong. So it was very, you know, and then I was sparring with other world champions that kind of were way above my level. So they knew how to work with me. They didn't get in fear and danger where they're going to beat me off of them. Whereas that's what would happen if you get in there with a guy who's not experienced enough. I'm going to crack him hard. He's going to get mad. He's not going to know how to control himself. So that was a whole thing. Um, I had the best trainers. I had Roger Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, um, Buddy McGirt, you know, people who train they were they were world champions themselves and they train other world champions so and i was able to only focus on boxing like i was an elite fighter i I had the best of everything that i surrounded myself with and on top of that my confidence level my athleticism my size my physical build the dna you know i had a lot of things going for me that was really hard to beat you know and and i have a really strong mindset and i got the dog in me did you ever get in the ring with your dad or spar with your dad so when my once we got past that stage of him apologizing um then yes there there's a time when we got in the ring not sparring but when we were play playing punching at each other and he started showing me one of the things he's, he was like, I want to, I want you to work on your jab, you know, and he was mm. telling me how to jab faster. You know, he's like, just act like there's a fly on the heavy bag and trying to hit it before it flies away. Like that's how fast you need to jab. Cause his jab was just so fast, lightning fast. Mm. And he said, that's what he used to think about. Um, you know, so that you're, you're actually training your mind, you know, and you're seeing something visually, you know? So when you imagine that, it makes you just punch sure. faster. Right. So uh, that was his, that was, but that is the advice he would give to anybody. That wasn't specialized advice for me. Most fighters are going to tell you to do what they did well. Right. And that was his, his advice. Yeah. Would you say that his disapproval was actually a positive for you and, and helped you push up against what you felt was somebody saying you can't, whether it was your dad or anybody else? I think I turned it into a positive, but I think I would have been just fine if he would have supported me as well. I would have been like, you know, it would have been, I think that, you know, if it's hard to say, you know, cause it's like we can with so many different situations in life. Oh, if this would have happened. Maybe this would have went that way. You just don't know. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe if I would have, um, you know, my father would have helped me guide me and put me with the right trainers. Maybe I would have, 
you know, learned a little faster mm, or, okay. you know, I don't know, but I was, I'm happy with the way things went. Um, the biggest mistake I made through all that was marrying my first husband. That was it. But I mean, I don't know that my dad could have done anything about that, but I don't even regret that because my ex-husband was a fighter and that's kind of what got us together. And he taught me so much and he ended up becoming my manager and my promoter and he guided my career where I was on all I had to focus on was boxing because he was able to deal with these shady men and these boxing characters. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I didn't have to deal with. And and <laughs> I, when we got a divorce, that's part of when I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to retire now because I had to start dealing with it. And I didn't like having to deal with it. It was just became it was to the point where I kind of ran out of competition. There's really not a lot of there wasn't a lot of money for me in boxing. I made more money outside of boxing with just some of the endorsement deals that I had and things. The boxing wasn't making me a lot of money. Um, but I loved it so much. So it was kind of like I was getting older. I met my, my current husband. I was like, I want to start a family. And it was just time to just be done, you know? So Layla, has what you went through with your father guided you to be a different kind of parent? How do you Absolutely. deal with your kids knowing what worked with you and your father and your mother and what didn't work? Luckily, I have children that um, are not, they don't have that inner spirit like I had to just want to be rebellious um they're very good kids like they're like <laughs> almost kind of square like really good sweet kids Aww. um I don't have that that issue um so I would say and, and I was also concerned like oh god are my kids gonna want to box because I wouldn't want them to and neither of them want to box they don't have the temperament for boxing so I was like okay we, we dodged that bullet and my husband played football in the NFL neither I mean well my my son doesn't want to play football I'm like good so that I don't have to worry about. Um, oh, my gosh. So both athletic, but don't want to play those sports. I'm like, play a sport where you don't get your head bashed in and you can make money if you want to play sports, you know. A tennis. So I, I, yes, right. Tennis, golf, you know. I lead with love. So for me, um, my kids know that I love them unconditionally. They have my full-on support. I overcompensate a little bit in terms of just being there because I didn't have my parents there for me. So I have to like kind of back off and not hover so much um, and let them fall, let them make mistakes because, you know, I don't want to ever see them get hurt or go through certain things, but that's part of life. So that's my, I have to make sure not to put my own issues on them. Sure. Um, but they, you know, we, we support them. We love them. My husband and I, we don't, um, we're not like, oh, you have to play sports sports to be professional. You have to participate in sports because of what you learn from sports, discipline and, teamwork. you know, all of these things, sure. teamwork. Yeah, teamwork. But we're not, you know, telling them they have to play sports. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. You know, and then they, they're in terms of religion and all that. They understand who God is, spirituality, but they understand at the same time that we're not forcing anything on them. So we, we want them to learn to use their own minds, use their critical thinking. We we talk about um, things that are going on in the world so that we want to make sure they know how to think through things. Things aren't always what they seem, you know. One thing you didn't get out of your system, you've retired from boxing, but you never retired from business. You have a website. Mm -hmm. Tell me how that's growing, what's on it, and what you hope for it. Well, when I retired from boxing, I, what most athletes do is you're like, okay, what now? Because you did what you loved and whether it be football or basketball or, you know, you retire, you're considered old, you know, when you get in your 30s, right? You're <laughs> like, okay, um, which is crazy. But I went back to that, you know, entrepreneurial, the roots. And I was like, what is it that I am passionate about? Because I was doing TV and you know, I did Dancing with the Stars. And I went to the finals and that was strategic. 
you know, I was like, let me show a different side of myself. Absolutely. Because right? now I'm in this, this boxing box where I'm just like, just always talking about knocking somebody out. It's a little intimidating. It's not that brand friendly, you know? <laughs> so um, I was like, let me show another side. So I said, okay, I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I'm going to do it before because I, I know why I'm doing it. So then I went on to host American Gladiators with Hope Hogan and just doing TV. Right. So, but that was still not something I don't necessarily like being on TV. I'm not just like, I love being seen. I, lo- I see it as it was like, okay, let me help build my brand. So yeah. then I started going into health and wellness because I'm really passionate about helping others become stronger physically, mentally, spiritually. And, you know, so many people now are sick um, because of health problems with diabetes and heart disease and heart disease and obesity because of their lifestyle choices, especially in the black community. So I was like, okay, let me um, do, I've been helping friends, writing meal plans, doing all these things, cooking healthy, coming up with recipes. Let me turn this into a business. So I started Lay Lolly Lifestyle um, and my, I have my organic spice blends because I love to cook. I've actually been on Chopped and competed twice in one. Oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a tough show. That's a tough show. Then I was dead serious. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really proud to say I'm a Chopped champion. Um, but I did it because I was like, oh, this would be a good platform for my cookbook, my Food for Life cookbook. And then I came out with the spice blends and I have nutrition products and skincare products. But my main focus is my spice blends. Um, And, you know, I just trying to help people meet meet people where they're at, you know, and teach them about the importance of not sprinkling poison on their food every day. You know, the things that we do every day, our habits are what really makes a difference, you know. Um, And I've been able to maintain my health, maintain my figure. And I love eating, you know, it's just that I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my grub on on the weekend, but during the week I'm going to, you know, be consistent. I'm going to eat delicious food, but it's, but it's going to be healthy, but it's going to taste great. So I'm really passionate about that. So that's what Lay Lolly Lifestyle is about. And I'm really hands-on with my business. Like I started that business just doing research and Googling and, you know, it's a, it's a small business. It's still growing. And then of course I left California in 2021 and I live in Georgia and I'm really happy here um, just being able to be home. My, my daughter's 12, my son is 15, and I want to be able to have the freedom to be home and be there for them. So, um, And I'm trying to build up my brand so that maybe I have something I can pass down to them. You know, yeah. um, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't really get a lot passed down to me from my father um, and just, just different choices and decisions that he made along the way. Um, you know, a company owns his name and likeness. Um, so there's just, you know, I don't, I don't want that for my children. So th- there, there has to be, it's not easy though, like balancing all these things. So not again, there always has to be a bigger, yeah, there has to be a bigger yeah. picture for me, you know, to make me want to get up every day and, and do the things that I do. I love your story, Layla, on so many levels. I, I mean, it's just, it's just great to hear all about you. I want to be your friend. Oh, I know that's weird. Um, But <laughs> tell me, <laughs> as we finish the conversation, Give a gift to our listeners. What do you want them to glean from your story that you think is most important? Don't let your past experiences define you. Don't let anything you've done in the past, you know, um, mistakes that you've made, relationships that you've been in. You know, a lot of times we hide certain things about ourselves or we're embarrassed about certain things. Like I can literally sit up now and talk about being in juvenile hall and being about, you know, nobody would ever know that. Mm -hmm. I shared that story because I know it can help someone, um, you know, and there's everything happens for a reason. And you, every day is a new day to wake up and become the person that you want to be. You know, it definitely takes discipline 
um, you know, and a real commitment, you know, um, but that's, that's the thing. Nobody's perfect. And I grew up watching Muhammad Ali, somebody that people love and adore. I mean, people will cry just being in his presence. I grew up watching this and I, he is so imperfect. There's so many things about my dad. I'm like, really? So <laughs> I know, yeah, I'm telling you, I, you would be like, what? So of course he's my dad. So we, we see him differently, but like, I have a total different view of him. Sure. Um, just like my kids have a total different view of me. And it's just like, you know, but we, we hold ourselves back so much because we're worried about what people are going to think. We're worried about failing or we're worried about, you know, it's like, I do not want to have regrets in my life. I do not want to regret, um, not doing what I want to do, not trying my best, you know, um, and listening to naysayers. I mean, cause if everyone's going to have an opinion and we learned this growing up. But even as adults, we get stuck in this way, you know, so it's like you only got one life to live. And that's Amen. the thing when people get oh, older, yes. they get older and, you you know, whether they're, you know, sick or, you know, you pass, you're like in your, they're in their 80s and they just wish they did this and wish they did that. I don't want to be that person because we all know this life goes by so quickly. And if you're just worried about what other people think, they're not sitting around thinking about you. You know, they're not. They're going on with their life. So. You know, and, and not only that, just we got to start getting rid of the things that don't serve us. You know, it's like if somebody, you got someone in your life that doesn't make you feel good, they don't need to be around you. They don't deserve to be around you. You got to let it go. You know, and it's just, mm. that's how it is. You want to get some weight off, you know, or you want to get healthy, then you have to just get up and get fed up of not feeling good about yourself, not feeling good looking in the mirror. You have to say, okay, I can do this, you know, so, and get the help that you need, get around people who can help you, who will support you. You know, it's like, we gotta, life is so short. So, but that's the thing, you know, that's the thing is just not letting your past define you and just taking control, mm. you know, that's what I, that's what I've been able to do. And I can say that now and, there's still things that I'm working on, you know, I'm always working on something because I'm a perfectionist. I'm a little OCD, you know, I'm a little, I'm hard on myself. So I have to remind myself um, not to be hard on myself. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so none of us are perfect, you know, but the, this is what I have mastered the confidence. I have mastered the not letting my past define me. I have, I have mastered setting boundaries and telling certain people, you know, what, we're just not a good fit. You know, like this isn't going to work. It's too relationships, friendships are not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be a challenge. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. If it's too, if it's too is, much, it's like, you know, we're just not a good fit. Yeah. It's not, it's not Don't, please, people, you know? do not waste your time when it's not working yeah. in that regard. This is just so valuable. Layla Ali, thank you so much for being on Everyone Talks to Liz. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Liz. Oh, the great Layla Ali. What a, what a phenomenal discussion we've just had and what i glean from this you guys is is sort of a twist on on uh, on an adage i had heard once but layla just kind of crystallized it it is never too late to become who you might have been we get one shot at this life grab it right at the throat grip it and go for it thank you once again for tuning in as always you know i love you guys okay you know that so i need you to love me back just join me monday through friday 3 p.m. Eastern on the Claim and Countdown and uh, hang out. Thanks again. See you next time. Want to listen ad-free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.